Well, we're uh, continuing through Exodus. If you want to open your Bible to Exodus, uh, this was a, a fun little challenging thing to do. The first, all the narratives in Exodus start really to me uh, about the middle of chapter two. When I, when I say narratives, just the story. A lot of the setup is in one. We talked, uh, we just did a whole lesson on chapter one and uh, pretty interesting how God sets it up through the Holy Spirit reading uh, or giving this word. But then before we get into reading the scripture, we're going to read the scripture at the end. I'll go over three things. But what I want y'all to do now is I just want you to understand the story behind how this whole process is happening with Moses and what it has to do with us. You have to remember, uh, if you're with me, so yeah, all right. You have to remember that uh, uh, Moses' parents, uh, 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 Joshua uh, and, and, and Amram, uh, they were Levites. And uh, they, um, they actually uh, were very devout Levites. You could tell by the way they stood up and said, no, we're not going to do what this king of Egypt ha- has asked us to do. Now, here's the story. Because when sometimes we read this and we think, oh, wow, and it's, it's just a Bible story we've known for, through all the years. These were real people. And what happened is uh, there were three children born to this Levite couple. First, there was Miriam. Miriam is uh, uh, Miriam at the time, and I'm talking about at the time that Moses was born, Miriam was more than likely a young teenage girl, probably either pre-adolescent or right there as what we would consider a sixth or seventh grader. And then you have Aaron. Aaron was three years older than Moses. Okay, this is, I know it sounds nerdy to you, but it's going to help make sense when you read the Bible. He was three years older than Moses. And then um, you had Moses. Moses was born. And in the Bible, it says, we're going to read it, it'll say that Moses was beautiful. Okay? And so she kept him. And I'm going, of course, the word beautiful, uh, everybody thinks their uh, babies are beautiful when they're born. Uh, I was just on enough to know that when Emily was born, she was a conehead. And she was black and looked like somebody had just beat her up. And she came out of it. And then Abigail, when she came out, we couldn't even take her from the hospital. She was yellow. She looked like mustard had gotten all over. She had jaundice. And if somebody came up and they said, uh, man, what a beautiful baby. I'm going, no, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Let's not do this. So when we look at this Hebrew word beautiful, it really is not what we would consider. It was actually meant uh, that baby was uh, actually strong, uh, was uh, well kept, well, uh, it was, you could tell it was a very healthy baby. So when you see the word beautiful, uh, that's what that means. And so here that Moses is born. Now, what you have to remember is that during this time, it was a very dark, dark time uh, in, uh, in the history of the Israelites. And uh, what happened is, I'm going to run through this real quick and get to my little notes up here. And what happens is, uh, uh, is that the, uh, they had been suppressed. There was slavery going on during that time. And, and we read the story, oh yeah, they made bricks with no hat. But here's the thing, they were slaves. And during that dark time, I can almost see this family of five sitting together. And they think, wow, to be raised a slave, to be knowing that the father would go out and work and work and work and come home, have very little uh, to their household. And it must have been a very dark time. But this is a statement I want you to think of over and over again. If there's something I want you to walk away with, it's this. All the while, God was working. Uh, Wait a minute. Let me rephrase it. All the while... God is, is working. And all the while during this time, God is working. And there were probably times that they were nervous. 
you got to remember the baby was born, and what happens is that all these babies were supposed to be thrown into the Nile. They had found out, they had found out that there was a rumor going on, and they found out that the rumor was true that the babies were supposed to be killed, remember, uh, uh, by uh, those who helped birth them, right? They were supposed to be killed immediately when they came out of the womb. They were supposed to be killed. And those maidservants couldn't do it. They said, no, we won't do that. They were fearful of God. They said, we believe in God. We can't do it. And then uh, the king said, well, listen, all right, I want every baby boy thrown into the Nile. So here you are pregnant when all of a sudden that, that, that uh, strong edict was made to say, we've got to get rid of all these boys. Now, what you need to know about the Egyptian people is in the Nile, the Nile River, it was actually, uh, there was a god that ran the Nile. And what happened is it's the god called Hapi, H-A-P-I, Happy, H-A-P-I. Happy would come down, uh, the Egyptians believe, and he, he would come down, and his job or her job was to uh, flood the Nile several times a year. Because when the Nile was flooded, the Egyptians believed that as the water came in and, and it, ch- it would churn up all the minerals that were in the water and it would spill over into all these fields. And that was their way of saying, we're going to honor the God uh, uh, happy so that he can flood the Nile and that all this water can make our, our crops grow. You with me? So people go, well, why did he have him thrown into the Nile? It was half because he wanted the babies to drown. It was also half because the goddess Happy would be, ha- would be happy. It's H-A-P-I, not H-A-P-I, but the, it would please the goddess Happy, and he would churn the waters of the Nile and grow them up more, and they th- would throw these babies into the Nile. There's a lot of things behind what you read in the Bible that we can learn out of history uh, um, just not even, listen, not even uh, 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 religious, religion or history that comes out of religion, but just, re- just history that comes out of a secular world. What you see is they don't tie anything religious to it, but this is what would happen. And so they would throw them into the Nile. Now, what I want you to see is that they had Moses during this time. And what I want you to see in this narrative is that all the while that God is working, And so uh, the baby was born. Now, think about this. They're trying to hide that baby. The scriptures say, and if you want to write in a little note, you can see a little bit more is not added to the story, but told to to us through when Stephen was stoned in Acts chapter 7, beginning of verse about 11. He actually begins to tell the story of what we're about to read and gives us a little bit more insight into what happened and what was passed on through uh, 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 through uh, writings and through oil, oil, oil history, people would tell these stories, and it tells them that. We, we know that Moses, watch this, Moses was in, uh, was a part of Hebrews uh, chapter 11, where it talks about how all these people are people of faith, and Moses was a main one in there, and it gave us a little history into how the years were broken down in Moses' life. You go, what does this have to do with me? Well, it has to do with anything about Scripture that, uh, that you read can be applied to us today. The name Moses means to draw out. But also, when you look at etymology, is this too nerdy for y'all? Or is it interesting? When you look at etymology, etymology, the study of words, is very interesting because you have to look at it from different cultures. And so the Hebrew, Hebrews really believe that that word Moses not only could have meant drawn out, but it could have meant just simply son. Son, but also another word uh, that Moses is deliverer, and so a lot of theologians, which I have no problem with, see that this story of Moses is actually a story of the cross. 
right? And his, his, uh, his, that Moses would come to save the day based on uh, he would deliver the people, the Israelites, out of this terrible bondage. And Jesus came to uh, uh, take our lives and push it out of this bondage with and deliver us with Christ, the Son. Moses' Son, Jesus' Son, right? Uh, uh, Moses deliver, Jesus deliver, all right? Moses to draw out of the water, right? I, I think personally that's a, to, to draw out. You know, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that when Jesus came up out of the water, that that's when the Spirit came, and that's who we have within us. So you have to look during this time at this little family that's the mother. Remember, Aaron was three years old, and they kept him for three months in their house. And I imagine the neighbors were nervous, and they go, your baby's crying. You know, and maybe she'd look at, 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 at uh, the mom would look at, uh, Josh Beck would look at Ma, uh, uh, Miriam and go, Miriam, rock him. Got to keep it quiet. Maybe little Aaron, three years old, running around would mess with, uh, uh, mess with Moses. It's, it's reality. It's where they were. How hard, how difficult is it to keep a three-year-old quiet? Right? Right. People come in and go, hey, man, I'm sorry about my son. It doesn't bother me. Hey, I'm sorry about my daughter. It doesn't bother me. They're three. So put that into reality that they were trying to hide that child. The neighbors knew about it. Must have been very difficult. And it got to the point where he couldn't take care of himself, right? Where they, they, they just could no longer take care of him. He was becoming bigger. And, and, and so they did what was told to them, and they made the basket. We're going to read it, but I want you to see this because I want you to see the story behind it. That they, she made this basket, put it in there, and she put it in the reeds. Now, if you've ever duck hunted, have you? Okay, I had duck hunted. But if you've ever seen reeds, reeds are not very easy to move through. They're not. And so uh, they, she put them among the reeds. And I personally believe that there was a plan in action, all right, that she was doing her part, watch this, while all the while God was working. And she devised this plan. That's one of the options. I'm not saying it's true, but it's one of the options that she said, okay, Miriam, listen, we're going to try to protect Moses. So I'm going to build this, your father and I, and you've got to practice this. And here's all you have to say. I can go get a, a mother to feed him. Or, all the while God was working, and just so happened that Miriam, I mean that uh, 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 Miriam crossed the little river and happened to be, by coincidence, and that's not, a, coincidence has nothing to do with it, would go where the, uh, the princess of, of Egypt would sit there, the princess of Egypt would sit there and bathe. You're with me? So here's the thing. When you read this story, if you want to be people of the word, you have to understand there's a reality that they were scared to death. They wanted this baby to live. It wasn't because the baby was, was just beautiful they kept it. It was because the baby was well-formed. And it was because they, they really believed that, that uh, uh, they wanted this baby to live. And so I can't imagine either she just walked over the uh, uh, circumstance or she sat there and said, Miriam, okay, you got your line down? Yeah. Okay, dad and I are going to go in here, right? Maybe the neighbor watched Aaron. Maybe dad watched Aaron. And she went out and took that in the reeds and she put him in there. What to put him in reeds? That, that basket ain't going anywhere. I'm telling you, if, you, if you've ever been there, there, 
it's not going to go anywhere. And so I can imagine her waiting to see when they came out to bathe. And I wonder if she looked up and, and Miriam knew she was in the reeds because I believe that basket had to be pushed out when everything was in place. Watch this. While we do our job, all the while God is working. Some of us sit there and pray and say, I say, I'm really, I've dealt with this. People go, well, I'm just looking for a job. I'm just praying that God will bring me one. Right? So are you looking for a job? Well, no, I'm just praying that God will open the door. I really, I look at him and go, you know, well, God, God can do anything, but he's expecting you to go physically out there and look for a job. But I just believe God will take care of me. While God does his part, I mean, while, while you do your part, all the while God is working, right? And this is a picture of that. And so all of a sudden she gets, she sees him, Mary maybe makes contact with her, and she pushes him out. And you're about to see that that could be a possibility. I'm not adding to the scripture. I'm not supposed to, and I'm not going to take away. But I believe there's a lot in scripture that God, through the Holy Spirit, said, hey, listen, I'm going to let you think about the reality of this could have been the way it worked, that they did their part. Or God just said, hey, Miriam, go over there and, go over there and cross the river. Yes, he could have done that. And maybe he looked at, 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 at mom and said, ah, just put it out there in the reeds. I'm going to make it go out. Perfect timing, right? And so one of the things that uh, I think that we need to understand is that all the while God is working. You go, what do you want me to walk away with? All the while God is working. What? So uh, a member of ours is in Africa, loves Jesus, is persecuted for his beliefs, loses a, a, a staff member of his or somebody he's employed, had to come to America. And all the while, God is working. Got his family over here, and today they are with us. And all the while, God is working. And they move his mom from place to place to keep her safe, and all the while, while they do their part, God is working, right? Some great friends of ours at start events all of a sudden get cancer. But, you know, it's just two or three weeks before they happen to go and sign up for, uh, you know, an extra insurance that takes care of extra cost of cancer. And all the while, God is working. Some of you going through divorce, you think it's in, all the while, God is working. My kid won't come back to me. Has walked away from Christ all the while. God is working. A young girl named Rachel sits in a bed, sedated, breathing on her own. All the while, God is working. What I want you to understand is right where you are, whatever you're going through, I think the greatest story in this little that we're about to read is this. All the while. God is working. You can apply that to anything in your life right now. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Right. So you're driving down the road, and somebody T-bones you and drives off. But all the while, God, God is working. And some of you need to repeat that over and over to yourself this week. 
Because all the while, through this family who, who were going through dark times, uh, all the while, God was working. They tried to keep him quiet, but God was working. So when we read this story, you have to understand that it's, it's something that is true. It's something that is real. Uh, real and and uh, God was working, but also they were formulating a plan, I believe as well, to make sure that Moses was okay. See, we read the Old Testament, we think, oh, what a great story. Now that puts it into reality, that this family is struggling, and God is working, right? Uh, and and they threw him into the Nile. And now we know the Nile was ran by that God or you know, that flooded it, the God happy. But remember, through all of our lives, this is what I want you to walk away with. Here it is. All the while, God is working. Right? Virgo hits Miss Inez, breaks her heart. All the while, God is working. COVID hits this country. People go crazy. All the while, God is working. I got tired of the television three days ago. I've turned it off, and I haven't really watched it since because of all the upheaval. You know, all the while, you have to know that God is working. And when we remember that, that should relieve our anxieties and help us understand that God is working. So, you ready? All right, I'm going to start reading this. But I had to give you an understanding that that's what I want you to read. That's what I want you to think of is that little statement. All the while, God was working. Uh, Exodus chapter 2. We're going to read Exodus chapter 2. And I'm going to let you run it, uh, David. I'm going to read it straight out out here. It says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, remember that word, strong, uh, he was beautiful, uh, she hid him for three months. When she, she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket, covered it over with tar and pitch, and then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the banks of the Nile. And his sister, Miriam, his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him, right? And it says this, the daughter uh, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile and with her maidens walking alongside the Nile and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. Look, and when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying. Now here's a big line. And she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Here's where you got to put in and all the while, God is working. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, see that? Miriam says, uh, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew woman, that, that from the Hebrew women, women uh, that she may nurse the child? Coincidence or plan or simply all the while, God is working. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. Go to the, and so the girl went and called the child's mother, right? She called the real mother. I love that. And then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages so that the woman took the child and nursed him. Now look at this, okay? 
Did you see that? Okay. Mom is doing, can you imagine being mom sitting there going, it worked, it worked, it worked. Thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God. It worked. Listen, I need you to feed this baby. Yes, ma'am, I can do that. Right? I wonder what Miriam was doing. You know that, you know, teenagers, trying to smile, but not, don't give yourselves away. And all of a sudden, and then something great happens. Because of their faith, because of their part in work, God said, she says, yes, ma'am, I can do that. We'll take them home. Oh, yes, ma'am. Takes the baby. And I'll pay you wages. Jackpot. You know, because kids take more from us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and all of a sudden, she walked back. I can imagine her telling her husband, you got him? Oh, no. Yes, it's all legal. We don't have to hide him. We're taking care of the baby. And guess what? What? We're getting paid. We are getting paid to take care of Moses, you know? And I can just see Miriam going, wow, what faith my parents have that they worked this plan or what faith my parents had that the, I saw my mother push that out. What faith that my parents had. What a great God that I just happened to be standing there when this happened. See, it can be either way, but either way, watch this. It's a great stinking story. And all the while, God is working. Man, she's getting paid to take care of her kid. She goes home to take care of him. Doesn't have to hide him anymore, right? And then it says this. Uh, where was I? Verse what? Uh, 9, 10. It says, the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So he was adopted. So this is my son now. And she named him Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. Now, it came about that those days when Moses had grown up and he went out to the brethren and looked on their hard labors, and he saw an Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he knew where he was from. He knew that he was being, listen, he was well-educated. He was well-known. Now, what I want you to think about just for a moment is a kid grows up to be this little boy, and then all of a sudden it's time that that little boy has to go into this palace. Look right here. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't want to leave his parents. He loves his brother and sister, loves his father. And now mama's got to say, I've taken care of you as long as I can. This is really good for you. And all the while, God is working. And he has walked in to this palace where he has everything he needs. And can you imagine? We think, wow, that's great. But can you imagine being a little boy walking into a palace? You know, though, buddy, they sit you in this big old bed at night, and you're sitting there, and you don't know anybody? That, that had to be hard for Moses. We look at it and say, yeah, go, Moses. Man, as a little boy, I remember when, when my parents, my mother and my stepfather would battle it out, and the, and, the, and the police would come, and they'd take Pat away, and they'd take my mother away, and the Child Protective Services would come in, and they would put us in a home, or they would take us and separate us. I remember being that little boy, going to a home. I didn't even, I could tell you where it is now, a little brick home in Port Natchez. And, and I remember walking in there, and I didn't have anything, and they were real sweet and nice, and they could have been nice as they wanted. They fed me because I was hungry. I had nothing. And I remember laying in that bed that night all by myself, and I, I remember crying because it was just like, I don't know these people. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going to happen with my parents, what's happening with my brothers and sisters, what's happening to my mama. Are you with me? And this is that little boy Moses that we just think is a strong guy. He's real, and he's battling with it. But all the while, 
God is what? All the while, God is what? You need to remember that. All the while, God is working. And look at this. Look at verse, uh, now I'm thinking I'm in verse 12. So he, looked, uh, so he looked this way and that way, and when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in his sand. Watch this. So he killed somebody. And all the while, God was working. He, he did not like that his Hebrew brothers were being beaten. And so he killed somebody. And he went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other. And he said to the offender, why are you striking your companion? I don't understand. I can understand why an Egyptian would hit you and why there would be a fight. But why are you two fighting? It's ridiculous. That's the way I feel about churches that fight one another or people in churches that, that fight one another. It's, it's ridiculous. Your companions, your, this is brothers and sisters in Christ. This ought not happen. And says, uh, uh, he went out the next day in verse 14. But he said, who made you? They said, who made you prince of judge over us? Are you intended to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So all of a sudden, it was found out. Uh, that's that scripture in, where it says, all, all that's done in darkness will what? Will eventually be found out. Yeah. You may be getting away from it now, right? It's just like when I ate all those little Debbies. <laughs> and then she finds a box in the trash can because I didn't hide it enough. Pat, you need to be careful. Luke, but he said, who made you a judge of us? Then Moses was afraid and said, surely the matter has become known. Look at verse 15. And when Pharaoh heard that of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. So now Pharaoh's hearing that this happened. He killed an Egyptian. He says he tried to kill Moses. Look, but Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Median, and he sat, he, he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Median and seven daughters and came to draw water and filled the troughs, troughs with water uh, to water their flocks. Look at verse 17. I'm going to read all the way through without stopping if I can. Then the shepherd came, shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when, there came, uh, when they came to Raal, their, Raal, their father, he said, Why have you come back so soon today? And so they said, well, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And what is more, he even drew the water for us and watered the flocks. An Egyptian? Was it Egyptian? No. Said so he said to his daughters, but they knew who he was. Uh, well, where is he then? Why is it that you have left the man behind? Invite him to, do, to have something to eat. Go get that boy. Man, we need something in, that, in our life. And all the while, God is working. Look at this. He said to his daughters, where are they? And Moses was willing to dwell with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses. And then she gave birth to a son, named him Grisham, for he had said, I have been a sojourner in the foreign land. Now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died, and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage they cried out, and their cry for help because of the bondage rose up to God. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. Now Moses, look at chapter 3. We're going to do a little bit of chapter 3. Now Moses uh, was pastoring the flock in Jethro. So now we know that Moses is a shepherd, right? He's a shepherd, all right? He has father-in-law, the priest of Median. And he led the flock to the west side of the uh, wilderness and came to Horab, the mountain of God. Don't lose me. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. 
why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place at which you are standing is holy ground. And he also said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. And I am aware. That's a message all in itself. I've, I've seen it. I've given heed to it. And I'm aware of what you're going through. Listen, he knows. Because all the while, God is what? Working. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of Egyptians and to bring them up from the land of a good, spacious uh, land to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Mosquitobite and the Amorite. No, the Mosquitobite's not in there. Okay. And... <laughs> the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. So what do I want you to see? Did, did, is it not going through? or Is this, that as we go through this, uh, all the while, God is working. All the while. That's all I saw. All the while. God is working. Now, when you look at Moses, um, you have to understand his life in 40-year increments. I'm almost done. Watch this. 40-year increments. The first 40 years, he was being educated by the Egyptian people. 40 years, it, it tells us. And when you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and you go to Acts chapter 7, you'll begin to see some of those numbers rise up. 40 years he was educated. 40 years he had to live with an understanding. This is who, watch this, watch this. It's going to come to you. This is who I really am. I am Hebrew. But this is where God has placed me. I am learning from these people who rule over my real people, right? And he was being educated. He knew the ways of, of, of Egyptians. Now, the Egyptians had great uh, education buildings that, that we would call them today. Hieroglyphics was something huge. They were not known to be shepherds. They thought shepherds, we'll remember this for next week, they, got sh they thought shepherds were lowlifes. They did not like shepherds. They didn't even call themselves shepherds. They may have even taken and said, yeah, we're going to do some sheep. We're going to give that over to these shepherds. We call it livestock, right? We don't do that around here, right? Uh, we call it, they say, we, we, we take care of cattle. We're a little bit higher than the shepherds. So you have to understand the first 40 years, he's being educated. The second 40 years, he's shepherding sheep. That is it shepherding stinking sheep. And you, there's a whole, some of you have been in churches, you understand, sheep are not that smart. They're not. We could go through the home. They're, I was being nice. Sheep are really dumb. How's that? They really are. They look down uh, most of the time. And I'll show it to you next week, but I had a painter, uh, a friend of mine named Barbara, and she is a painter, and she, I commissioned her to paint a painting for me that the Lord had kind of given me on my sabbatical about shepherding. And she took it to heart. 
because on the during my sabbatical I had had the Lord speak to me about hey you know you may be shepherding my people right but I'm the real shepherd and you've got to keep your eyes on me and it's a beautiful painting and uh, I hope you'll come see it next week but uh, uh, it's a beautiful painting it's got these sheep and I it's this picture of this guy's shepherd. It's kind of mixed in with old style, but also the guy's wearing pants like we wear today. It's just this amazing picture that God gave me, and, and he's just looking up, and there's some sheep looking down. There's some sheep fixing to run out, and there's some sheep just looking at the shepherd because that's what I feel sometimes. God says, I want, he's just like he said, hey, do you love me? And he said, yeah, I want you to feed my sheep is what he's saying. And for me, I've been called to shepherd. And God's going, you can't shepherd. And some sheep, look, look right here. Some sheep, some Christians, some believers in the church today, as a ten, as only a pastor who's been pastoring for 10 years, I see them looking down. They never look up. They look down. And then the, there's these three sheep that are over to the right. And the reason I didn't want to show you today is I want you to come back and see it next week. So this, these three sheep are over here, and they're just kind of moving away from the shepherd. Because I've got members like that. I've got Christians like that. They just stay on the outer edge. I'm not going to tell you where, but you'll have to find it. Because I said, I want you to hide the wolves in this painting where I can't even find them. My wife found it before I did. So next week when I bring it, I'm going to have it sitting there and I'll let you find the wolves. Because the further you get out, they're looking for you. That's all he did. He watched after sheep. And they looked down and they tried to get away. That's all. Listen. Can you imagine 40 years? So now he's 80 years old. And some of you, just like me, I'm 56, and I start thinking, okay, how long till these people get tired of me? I don't want to outdo my stay here. I don't want to be that guy that stays 20 years, and when I leave, they say, he should have left 10 years ago. Oh, God, help us. I don't want to be that person. So you want to listen to the Lord. But I want you to know, I used to think, well, I'm, I'm t- coming down. I'll never leave ministry, but I'll always do something. But I know I'm not going to. He was 80 years old when his ministry began. 80 years. First 40 years educated. First 40 years he was out in the wilderness. And you know, you know, you know. And then he always set out and watched those sheep. If he learned a slingshot or he had a rock, he probably... And God was teaching him how to be that quiet leader. Right? But then the last 40 years, uh, we see that... He is shepherding the Israelites. He's shepherding God's people. And so what I want you to, to understand is that I love what D.L. Uh, Moody said, and I love this quote. We'll wait for it to come up. Things are running a little bit slow today. So it says, Moses spent his first 40 years thinking he was somebody. He was an Egyptian. Hell, as he said, he spent his second 40 years learning he was nobody. He's just sitting out there with a bunch of sheep. But look at this. And he spent his third 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. It's a great line. So today, what I want you to walk away with is that whatever you're going through, all the while, God is working. Don't like your job? All the while, God is working. Trying to figure out the right decision? All the while, God is working. And so when we put these things together with what I've taught you in the last a uh, couple of weeks is this. And all the while, God is working. Why? My champion, deliverer, protector, provider, my moral compass. He's working. Listen. And he's worthy of worship. 
It's when you're about to do something that you know is not right, and you've been there and I've been there. You say something that you know you should just keep your mouth shut. All the while, God is working, saying, I'm doing my part, but you've got to do yours. So I think from chapter 2 all the way to chapter 3 about midway, that's what spoke to my heart. God was just in there working. Man, he's working on your daddies, and he's working on your mamas, and he's working on your marriage. He's working on you getting married. He's working on your partner. He's working on your kids. He's doing his work. Your job is to abide. Abide in him. Remain with him. Trust him, right? If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. So what is it today that you're going to take a breath and and when you're frustrated at your job, and when you're frustrated with what's going on, I, I want you to say these words. All the while, God is working. Say them out loud to some of the people in the room who may blow up at you and look at them and say, all the while, God is working. The teenager that's just, just looking, I don't care, and you go, just look at him and say, and all the while, God is working. <laughs> right? It's just the person that tells you to do something that you're not even supposed to do your own job and just say, you know what's cool about this to your supervisor? You freak them out and they go, what? All the while, God is working. I'll get it done. <laughs> but you're angry. All the while, God is worth it. Well, I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to walk away with this week as you continue to read through this story of Moses and the story, this Exodus story. By the way, this is free just because it was weird. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I love etymology. You know what Moses, uh, Zipporah, you know what Moses' name's, uh, wife's name meant? Bird. Yeah, that was free. All right. Maybe you'll win some money one day. What was the name of Moses? What did it mean? Bird. All right. So I wonder if she was this little bird that whispered in his ear and gave him wisdom. That's what I think about. Father, we love you so much. Help us to know that during this week, what we learned from Moses and the family, so whatever we're going through, you're working. All the while, while I'm hurting, you're working. All the while, while I don't know what to do, you're working all the while. Father, help me to remember that. We love you, Jesus. We pray again for little Rachel. We pray for Mr. Adams. Lift them up. We pray for Miss Inez. We just want to tell you that we love you and thank you for this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great, great week. Okay, God bless you.